Over the Ball is brought to you by Soccer America. Soccer America, the soccer paper of record. Go to SoccerAmerica.com and sign up for your subscription today. More information on all our sponsors at OverTheBall.com slash sponsors. Hey, this is Bob Lee, and you're listening to Over the Ball with Kevin Flynn, the world's game from an American perspective. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Over the Ball with Kevin Flynn and Dave Gallego. Today on OTB, we get a chance to uh, talk to the great Bruce Murray. This is a guy, Dave, uh, great get, by the way, uh, getting him for an interview, but the uh, guy had a, an amazing college career, U.S. men's national team player, one of the first guys, uh, American players, to go over to England. He played at Millwall. Uh, he's a collar commentator now for D.C. United, and um, just a great guy. We have a lot of common friends, but I had never met or talked to Bruce, so this will be uh, this will be fun. How, how did you think of that, Dave? You're sort of a historian for the show here. So Bruce Murray is part of the uh, collective superhero group from the 1990 World Cup. I mean, they hadn't played in the world. <laughs> they hadn't played in the World Cup uh, until like uh, I think 1950. So it was a yeah. it was a big deal to me. I, I I was probably about 20, 21 years old when the World Cup happened. Um, the 1990 World Cup happened, and you know we we got the United States got spanked in in the first game by Czechoslovakia five to one. But then they came back and they had a chance against the home nation Italy. They were down one nothing, but Bruce Murray took a, a, a free kick from about thirty yards out, and and Walter Zenga made, made a great save, and then we got the rebound. We almost knocked it in, and it was just in, incredible because we were the complete underdogs. And the nineteen ninety team, although we we lost every game, I was still very proud of them. And uh, Bruce Murray, he had one of the shining moments of that World Cup. Yeah, you know it's it's interesting because people just judge it on oh we lost to Italy and the thing was the infrastructure was not here in America so these guys that went over in 1990 they were all college players because we really didn't have much of a professional league at that point so there was you know usually your professional leagues uh, you know fill up your your national team roster but we had you know just the Bob Gansler took American players that were college kids, and they were young, and uh, it was an amazing experience. They were completely outgunned, but they they hung in there, uh, and they fought like hell. Um, so it'll be nice to talk to Bruce about that. Um, speaking of legends, uh, we're talking global legends now. Um, we're saddened to hear about the passing of uh, Dirk Kaiser, uh, Franz Beckenbauer, who passed away uh, this week. Uh, boy, what a player. Um, I I didn't meet him. I worked for the Beckenbauer soccer camp, which is part of the Cosmos soccer camp. And uh, he came to his camps and was there. He didn't play, uh, but he had this this air of just dignity about him. He just was like uh, above it all, it seemed. Even the way he played, Dave, you must have enjoyed the way Beckenbauer played. Yeah, back in the 70s, uh, being a, a NASL fan, I mean, having him with... Carlos Alberto and then the, the great Pele. I mean, it was a thing of beauty. I mean, we could the, the Cosmos could have played with any team, uh, even though everybody was uh, on their final final leg, uh, no pun intended, of, of their careers. The Cosmos could have competed against anybody. So having Beckenbauer solidify the defense was just a, a, a thing of, of beauty. It was it was a wonderful time. And you know, it's amazing. He revolutionized the, the basically the sweeper position. Uh, which they don't even have anymore. Now it's a you know a, a four four backs and two center backs kind of thing. Wings go wild, but basically Beckenbauer sat there and would read you know not just defensively assignments you know dictate who picks up who where when, uh, but he would sort of watch everything. You're almost like uh, like a safety in football. 
but then he would pick his spots to move forward. And um, he was just amazing to watch. He just glided. He was uh, an amazing player. And we all wore those Beckenbauer boots, <laughs> which were basically the little stud bottoms uh, on the turf and even on, on hard grass sometimes. But it was uh, everybody wanted to be a sweeper when Beckenbauer was around and everybody wanted to wear those boots. So uh, he uh, was pretty amazing. You know, it's, it's funny. Uh, I had heard this story before from um, Paul Gardner of Soccer America, and they wrote about it again because Paul was like one of the originals here in the States who followed soccer. And he got to interview Franz Beckenbauer at his hotel. And Franz Beckenbauer, a very bright man, uh, but he had started to take English lessons. And, you know, a lot of Germans can speak English anyway, um, somewhat poorly, I guess, uh, and some great, obviously. But he was taking lessons and learning on his own. And he sat down with Paul Gardner and, and was talking to him. And Paul said, wow, you're your English is fantastic. You you really have a great uh, grasp of the language. And he says, oh, no, uh, not uh, not with the uh, guys working at the hotel. And Paul Gardner looked around and he says, um, none of them speak English either. They're all Spanish speaking. <laughs> and, and, and Franz Beckenbauer didn't know that. So it was, uh, it was very funny. But anyway, that story is in Soccer America this week. Yeah, so, great article. Nice little recap on, on his life. You know, he's uh, one of only three people to win the World Cup as a player. And the coach. Oh, you're kind of giving away our quiz today. Uh, by the way, Dave, oh, was that was that our our well, well, sort of? I'm going to give us so uh, we have. I'm going to. Uh, I'll announce the winners at the end of the show. But um, yeah, from last week, who won the t-shirts? Um, but this week, you want to hear this week's question, Dave? It sounds like I already asked it. Kind of. All right. World Cup winners Franz Beckenbauer, Pele, and Carlos Alberto won the. 1977 NASL title with the New York Cosmos. Can you name three Brazilians and two German World Cup winners who played in MLS? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. It's, a, uh, it's interesting. I, I would get some of them. I wouldn't get some others. We'll, you think about that, David, and we'll, uh, we'll give you the answer, everybody, at the end of the show. And uh, if you call and write, you can get a uh, little T-shirt. So. You know, we talk about the World Cup and Franz Beckenbauer. So when he joined the Cosmos in 1977, um, the West German team, the Soccer Federation, would not let him play yeah. in the 1978 in the 1978 World Cup because they would not select players working outside of Europe. So he uh, he he took one for the team, and that team being the Cosmos, not not the West German team. Yeah, they also uh, when he went on to, you know, he said he never wanted to coach. And I kind of understand that mentality. Like I said, it's like, you know, he just said, I never want to coach. I'm a player. And then uh, when the, the German, the West Germans didn't do well in the World Cup, he, he took over the next run and they won it. Um, so uh, he, you know, he coached the World Cup winning team and won one as a player. So he changed his mind, obviously, for club and country and, and, uh, and went in on it. So um, that's exactly it for club and country. He felt like it was, it was a duty owed to his country, to his no, nation. But, but you, to be the head coach of the German national team, they have a rule that you have to have a certain license, coaching license. And they said that Beckenbauer couldn't coach because he didn't have the license. And then everybody was like, it's Franz Beckenbauer. What are you, what are you out of your mind? Give me a break. Uh, this intellectual player, a beautiful player. I mean, so they made an exception for him uh, that year. And uh, I'm sure they're, they're very glad they did. So it'll be, uh, we, we miss, uh, we miss him obviously. And, you know, he did, Dave say that his three years in America was some of his, uh, most great memories. You know, it's funny, uh, he would walk out from the school 
um, Manhattanville College is where the camp was. He would just walk out uh, smoking a cigarette. Uh, don't do that, all you kids listening out there. But uh, everybody smoked back then, I think. Um, he would just walk out and he was uh, had the sweat. He was on. anonymous. He was anonymous. Yeah, he was just he loved it. He loved the fact that you know kids would come up to him, but adults sort of would leave him alone. And apparently, you know, if you're in Germany, it's like they're all over you about your personal life and he's where you're doing, and what you're Germany. buying. Yeah, he's so, a rock star in Germany. Yeah, Klinsman, Klinsman, when he came here, said that's you know he had talked to Franz Beckenbauer and said I just loved America because they love their sports, but they also leave you alone. So uh, it's it's very nice. So so. Uh, God rest his soul, as my uh, grandmother would say, uh, the great Franz Beckenbauer, Der Kaiser. So um, his uh, his memory lives on. Look, if you haven't seen any of the highlights, I mean, there's some of the highlights where he's playing in the World Cups where he breaks his shoulder, I think, his, uh, dislocates his shoulder, and he plays for about uh, a whole half with his arm in a sling. Uh, and I think scores a goal. It's been a while since I've seen it, but uh, it was pretty amazing. So. Anyway, so all right, Dave. So let's um, let's take a break here, and then when we come back, we'll get on with uh, with U.S. men's national team legend, Clemson legend, Bruce Murray. You're listening to Over the Ball with Kevin Flynn and Dave Gallego. All right, we're back on Over the Ball, Kevin Flynn and Dave Gallego. Uh, being joined now by uh, boy, a player I have enjoyed watching uh, the. the and look, he's, that's his agent calling him right now as we're getting them together here. Uh, welcome to the program, Over the Ball, Bruce Murray, uh, former Kevin, national team player, Kevin, trophy Dave, winner. How are you, brother? Thank you. you. Kevin and Dave, it's nice to be here. I really appreciate uh, the opportunity. Uh, and, yeah, it's great seeing you guys. Absolutely. Hey, so, Bruce, I got to tell you, so I graduated in 84, and then I go into the MISL, NPSL, and – you know, we're playing professionally and it's hard as an American, as you know, like to get a, even a look in America as an American yeah. player coming out of college um, and one with not the reputation of Clemson. So uh, we're kind of waiting for maybe a couple of us might get a national team call up. And then all of a sudden, Gansler calls in all the college players. Yeah. And we were like, and I'm like, who's this Bruce Murray guy, man? And so we started watching you and you had some great game. You made us proud as American players. So uh, uh, you, you you put your foot and your head on a lot of a lot of goals, so it's been uh, wonderful to watch. So, so Bruce, listen, I didn't want to do a pre-interview because I really wanted the authenticity of my excitement to shine through. I have to tell you, let me let me paint the picture. So, back in my early twenties, the United States had not been to the World Cup since 1950. Are you I there, just guys? Lost the picture. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I can, I can right. hear you. I can't see you though. All right. Well, you're better. It's better off that way. Trust me. So, the United <laughs> States, the United States has not been. They had not been to the World Cup since 1950. Here I am, a, an American soccer enthusiast. You have the, you have the men's national team. They made the World Cup, and the World Cup's in Italy now. The first game against Czechoslovakia it didn't go so well. We 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 got we we got beat pretty bad, five to one. Okay, very disappointing. Now we go to, against the host nation, Italy, and Italy goes up one nothing. But you know, as an American soccer fan, you're just hoping for some sort of glimmer of hope. And then I'll never forget the play. It was about thirty yards out, a, a free kick that the goalie had to make a tough save on, and then the rebound, and we almost put it in. And that was one of the most exciting times in sports for me personally. Do you remember that play? Yeah, I do. I I, I really. Um... You know, my, my short-term memory is not superb, but my, my long-term memory uh, is, is intact. And uh, it was, 
I really hit it with uh, some venom and it got around the outside of the wall. So, so Walter Zenga got a really get, uh, late look at it and he went down and got a piece of it. Yep. And, and he tipped it down and Peter Vermees was steaming in on the rebound and it was Peter against Zenga and Peter did everything right. He smashed it low and hard, but it hit Zenga's ankles and then hit his butt and, and pushed backwards. And now the ball is, is on the line and it's spinning. And it's like neutrally spinning. And uh, and uh, Ricardo Ferry came in and sweeped it off the line. Uh, it would have been 1-1. Um, you know, would not have been a deserved 1-1, but it, it would have been 1-1. No, and that would have been a phenomenal result. I mean, you want the win, but to take a tie against the mighty Italians on their home soil. Uh, yep. You know, David versus Goliath. Uh, it's just, That's always a scenario I... Uh, I love, I love to see. But again, you were part of that. I mean, unfortunately, it didn't go in. But my God, what a moment in United States soccer you know, history! It, it was, Kevin, uh, David, and it, and it actually led to a lot more. We we had friendlies on trips now with Juventus and AC Milan, and uh, you know we brought uh, Italy into U.S. Cup, and it, it created an atmosphere uh, between the two countries uh, that, that can't, you know, it ha it can't be looked over. And it was really important for the development of soccer. And, uh, you know, it was just amazing, um, you know, to have, you know, Italian players in our locker room and, and you know, trading. It was crazy. It was absolutely yeah. crazy. It was wonderful. And we put a real scare into them. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's interesting, Bruce. Uh, a lot of people, you know, they, we have sh you talked about short-term memory. I think a lot of people forget all of the history of soccer that came before. I mean, um, you were one of the first players to go overseas at a time when yep. there were really no opportunities. I mean, you had to basically sort of invent one. Talk yep. to us. Talk to us a little bit about um, your development. I, I know I've played with some great players from the Maryland region. I mean, uh, Eric yep. Myron, Eric Myron, and my roommate was Desmond Armstrong. You guys yep. always pumped out great players. Um, and you say your parents are Scottish. Did, is yes. that really sort of how you started? Yeah, uh, you know, as a kid, my my <clears throat> my dad was a golf pro, right? And he just, but soccer was his love. And uh, you know, we, you know, we just we grew up in the in the game of soccer here. Uh, but I, I, the other thing is, Kevin, I, I played four different sports. I mean, I played right. tennis, I played golf. I mean, everything everything taught me, you know, so much mentally. You know, reaction time and tennis at the net, like. I just I worry a little bit that the kids get get jammed into soccer like just crazy early, you know, and right, I wish right. they had more opportunities. Uh, you know, I just feel like uh, if you had, you know, when you're playing more sports, it creates more uh, more ability as you as an athlete. Right. And you and you know, we're all looking for better athletes. But, you know, I, I think right. I think it's a, we're on this weird kind of thing where you, know, you just can't, you know, once you're you know, I got a nine and a ten year old here playing at Bethesda mm -hmm. and, you know. It's the only thing they do. I mean, it's just yeah. you know, we don't have time to go play basketball or go play lacrosse. It just it's just the way it is, you know. Yeah, you know it's it's interesting. I played basketball in high school as well, and uh, it helped me in the indoor league. But I mean, I think soccer was this first sport in this country, anyway, to sort of say you have to play eleven months a year because to be able to make the ball, you know, make yourself master the ball, it just takes so long. I mean, you can't play American football twelve months a year. Um, you know, and, and right. we had Mike, Mike Noonan on from Clemson, um, a couple yep. of weeks ago, and he's always talked about how it's so infrastructure driven and we want to try to get the kids to start to play in the streets, in the backyard, fooling around, having a good time. So the ball's always at their feet as opposed to being in a van going yeah. on a you know, big uh, tournament. 
No, I agree. I agree with you. And, you know, a lot of the coaching is maybe for, you know, for the you know, coaches have to be successful or, or they're not, you know, they're not retained. And so, you know, you got you 14 right. games that are, you know, more important than life and death in a way, but they're not, you know. And so I, I just, uh, you know, it's, it's the one thing that, uh, you know, I think that we're, we're failing is, is, um, is just the, you know, the one sport model. You know, we got to get these kids uh, doing different, different things. All right. So, yeah. Dave. Well, that's you know that's a that's a true commentary on on what's going on these days. I mean, the kids are basically a pigeonhole. They their their time is always being spoken for. Whereas when I was a kid, you know, you could play stickball with your friends, you could do this or you could do that, and yep. you, know, you kind of dictated things on that's your right. own. But um, I, so so Bruce, I wanted to bring it back to something that uh, that Kevin just touched on. So um, so you played in England. You played for Millwall. To, to, how did yeah? How did they, so how as an American? Uh, how did they receive you? Because obviously we didn't have the greatest reputation. Oh. I mean, you know, John Harks came along and then others came came along after that. But when you when you yeah. played for Millwall again, the Americans were not received too 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 well. They didn't have the uh, respect yeah. of the of the of the world. They're still yeah. not. They're still not. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a those, that's a fantastic question. Um, I I knew I had to step out of my comfort zone. I wasn't like you know like you know Mister let's go have a conversation. Like, you know, the national team was, was so cutthroat that like, you know, it was hard to make friends. You, 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 you respect each other and you smile, but you know, you know, you could be out of a job, you know, in five minutes. So um, I went to Millwall and, you know, I knew I had to um, show that I was capable. And, and, you know, we went, it, the luckiest thing ever was I got a manager who was just lights out. It was Mick McCarthy, the, the Ireland manager. Yeah. And Mick was, uh, just all he was so like you know intrigued about america you know but he you know he, he made no mistake he called me in he said listen you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna be a cover forward we're gonna have five forwards and i've got some injuries right now and i want you to start the season and you know he you know we went on a trip to ireland uh three weeks preseason by the way preseason um kevin you know this was a little bit tougher back in the day Absolutely, um, I hated we had, it. <laughs> we had uh, eight scrimmages against Irish teams, and and when you play the Irish teams, man, it's it's their Super Bowl, right? When Man's when Man Manchester City or Man, you would yeah. come in Millwall. It doesn't matter. Liverpool, they would all go to Ireland, right? They didn't have these big world tours, and oh my God, those games! But I banged in eight goals on that tour, and so um, the night before our first game, we we took the coach up to uh, Stoke. And the gaffer came to me at night and, and he said, hey, he says, I have the confidence in you. You're going to start tomorrow. Uh, and sure enough, um, I scored the winning goal at Stoke City. Yeah, two to uh, one. Nice, you, you won nice. that game two to yeah, one, right? So the first, I think the first 13 games I scored against Nottingham. I scored against Watford. And then I, and then I got some injuries um, and I became that cover player. But I was in the squad and it was part of this is, is off the field. And like this is to answer your question. Um I created my little brother came over to visit and, you know, we created the first Thanksgiving for foreign players. So I had all the foreign players, the Australians, the Dutch, they all, they were all at my house uh, eating turkey on Thanksgiving. <laughs> it was awesome. I bet. A lot of them probably never had had turkey, I would imagine. No, they're like, what the hell is this holiday? And I said, this is yeah. what we do in America. And everyone had a good time. And, and uh, I have lifelong friends from my stay at Millwall, uh, because it's all about how you, um, 
you know, how you interact with people. And uh, they, they received myself, John Curry, and Casey Keller, all three American. They received us wonderfully. And Casey was was one of the best goalkeepers in the game. At Forget about America. He was unbelievable as he obviously posted that record. Yep. Yeah, they loved him there. They really did. I, Casey always tells that story about uh, when they invaded the pitch in Millwall, oh. and and he and the guy clocked somebody and then ran by Casey and goes, "Hey, Case, how's it going?" <laughs> <laughs> that is funny, but absolutely true. Yeah. Hey, so you went, you uh, you helped uh, John Kirk coach at Harvard for a couple of years. So you I played, did. I did. you played it for was... about as long as you could, though, couldn't you? Because before your body started to break down a bit. Yeah, no, I was I was struggling. I had knee knee issues, but I also had the concussion issues, and it's it's been it's been a part of my life since then. Mm. Um, we're 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 working with BU um, and the and the Hits Foundation, and trying to. I, I've got the best doctors in the world, but they can't they can't write identify the marker. You know, did you get CTE? Right. You can't you can't diagnose that stuff. But you know, the, the short term memory is a, a bit of a, a, a trick. But John Kirk called me out of the blue. And said, you know, I, I'd love for you to come up here to Harvard and, and work with me. And John and I obviously grew up together, played together. Um, and it was wonderful. Uh, absolutely wonderful time at Harvard. Um, another uh, assistant welcomed me. That's the other part. I got lucky with people because, you, you know, Gary Crompton, who's now at Bentley, was, was a you know, John's assistant for a long time. And, and they, you know, Gary welcomed me, you know, like, with welcome, like he didn't like say like who's this guy? You know, think you know he doesn't know anything about college soccer. Well, you know, Gary. And the good the good news for me is that that Harvard certainly didn't look at my transcripts from Clemson because <laughs> they wouldn't take me. They wouldn't take me telling kids what to do up at Harvard. Trust me. Yeah, <laughs> they're serious. But uh, well, look, I think I think you you know you're you're a, a legend in the college game and also the formation of the national team when it sort of yeah. just, it started to get on people's radar. So, I mean, and you also have the incredible knack of goal scoring. You're just one of those guys. Well, I don't well, know. It's well, not taught. I swear it's learned. It's that, just, that, you either have it or you don't. Kevin, that's true. But I, I, I played so many different positions. I, I love the game in front of me. So I was, I was kind of a winger went midfielder. Um, I wasn't always a target man, you know, um, that, that wasn't my, that wasn't my strength. And, you know, if I had played up front, would I have a lot more goals? Probably. But, you know, I, I always loved the fact of being in the midfield with Tab Ramos or Roy Wagerly, John Harks, those guys. I mean, it was so – you, you got to understand the level of, of talent when I just spoke there. They, 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 you know, it's great the national team has players and they, and they come and go. But, man, those guys were special. Yes, yeah, I Tab, agree. Tab was a man among boys. Oh. I agree. And never, really was. never seen um, a player – uh, get to you and get past you as quick as Tab did. It was it was it was bizarre. I mean, he uh, and it didn't matter. Uh, you know, people think you have to be the fastest player. You know, Tab couldn't run. He didn't want to run. He never wanted to run. Tab would be <laughs> just in and past you, and it was like a ghost. He would ghost right past you. I think Leonardo got frustrated and threw that elbow in the World Cup. I think because well, there you go. I mean, and I've seen that. I've seen him do the same thing playing against Roberto Baggio in Italy. I mean, he he. Uh, he was fine. I mean, you know, in terms of I'd take him, you know, pick 11 and let's go play anybody because Tab Ramos was at that level. Uh, you know, the, the 
the players on your squad it was like they were like superheroes to me i mean the enormous amount of pride i had just seeing you guys competing it was it was truly remarkable and then when a handful of you went over to europe it was something i never thought i'd see so uh i, I feel like i was uh, even though i'm younger than you i feel like i was a proud parent um so just want to remind the audience uh, we are talking to hall of famer bruce murray and i do want to tout a couple of things I want to promote a couple of things for our friend bruce he is the radio announcer for the DC United, and he also runs a soccer camp. If you're interested, it's uh, www.brucemurraysocceracademy.com. Is that accurate? Yep. Right, yeah, perfect. it is. It is. And one, one other thing, Dave, is uh, is the billion-dollar goal, uh, the goal that Paul Caligiri scored in Trinidad to set this whole fireworks show off, Yeah, uh, has just been released on Paramount. And so it's really worth the watch. Not you know I, I've got a small you know segment where I talk a little bit, but it's an incredible story of of the way um, that we qualified for that World Cup, and it's called the billion dollar goal. If you go to Paramount, it comes straight up. All right, perfect. Billion That's dollar, a- my girlfriend works for Paramount. This is great. I work for Peacock, so I don't know if I'm allowed to watch Paramount. But that's okay. I'll, I'll bet D- the rules billion, a little. Billion dollar goal. Love to watch it. So um, I'm just yeah, so, I mean, so- uh, it's it's narr- it's narrated by Grant Wall. So you guys, you know, you guys uh, obviously know who he is. God bless him. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, on the show all the time. Uh, yeah, right before he died. Yeah, before he went to the World Cup. Yeah. Well, just thinking about that goal, um, and in '90, I had stopped playing by then, but I, it was. You guys were the underdogs against TNT, and because I mean that's yep. all they play. Maybe a little bit of cricket too, but um, we were always the underdog, no matter what place we went to. Yeah, uh, and it's been amazing to watch uh, because you guys were all basically college kids coming out. Of, you yeah, know, Caligiri was out of UCLA, and Tony, and yep. all you guys. It was like you were young, so young, and these were seasoned professional players. It was yep. TNT. They don't have the amount of people we have, but isn't it amazing, uh, Bruce, that now? We're just seen as like you're supposed to roll over TNT. It's not even supposed to be a game. We're supposed to win those games, and that shows yeah. you the difference in American yeah. and, soccer. And Kevin, you Kevin, you know this. You you can't you can never take a a Caribbean team, Central American team. They have the inside of them. They want to beat the United States of America. You know so this bad. is this yeah. is the big you know in our region. This is the big team, right? They've got the money. They've got the players. We need to beat this team. So every team is geared up for that. Um, and, and, you know, then you look at the talent level. I mean, you've got, you play Jamaica, you got all these guys in the championship. You go play, uh, you go play, you know, we played Trinidad. They had Dwight York, Manchester United, 100 goal scorer. So, right. um, you know, those games are, are tougher. And, and then you've got, you know, the hotel, the phones are ringing all night. There, there's sirens oh, yeah. going off at three in the morning. Yes. You know, the police, the police, the, the you know, the ambulance drivers going around with the whole, you know, it's, the fire alarm going. It, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, it's incredible um, to get through all that. And, 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 you know, and you don't realize until it's all over and you're, you're an old man and you're in your fifties, like what, what wow. had to come together. <laughs> but the, the bottom line is, you know, I, I can speak for myself and I know teammates. I mean, you know, I'd be willing to die for my country on the field because I want, I, I, I believe in the flag. I believe in the United States of America and you have to have that mindset um, because things are going to happen out there that you can't control and you just have to keep grinding. And, you know, you got to be willing to have that kind of mentality if you're going to be successful at that level. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, it, it, you know, I was you, hitting you the head just, with a battery you, and a, and a bag of urine and, uh, yeah. 
and and everybody's like, and I'm like, I got hit in the head with a bag of year, and they're like, yeah, so what? We're only in the 50th minute. Shut up. <laughs> that's, that's a term of endearment. Yeah. Kevin, I, I already... got a golden shower in Azteca. Come on. Kevin. Yeah, what's wrong with that? <laughs> Kevin, I already apologized for that, buddy, so yes, please stop, stop bringing that up. I already apologized for the bag of year, and stop bringing that up, okay? <laughs> I, how do you how do you walk away from that? That's un, I didn't ask for it. I don't know if anybody does. And if you they do, they need help. It, it's they need help. But you know, but Bruce, you mentioned something. Yeah, this, this, this is what I miss more than anything is like you just mentioned that that under siege mentality because wherever you go as an American player, they don't care if it's our fifth, sixth, seventh sport or yep. you guys are college kids or whatever. You're playing America, and man, they come at you hard. There's never an easy game, and they they. They go hard, and they also they would look down on us. And so it was a very, you know, it, it brought the boys together. And more than anything I miss about not playing anymore, even more than playing, is, yeah. is the brotherhood, the brotherhood the lo- that I had with those guys. Kevin, it's the locker room. It's the locker room. Um, the stories and, you know, just yeah, yeah the game, man. I mean, you don't miss the game. I mean, you score some goals, and you, and you play, and you, and you enjoy, and you enjoy the feeling of – you know, a big crowd and you score a goal, but, but man, you, you know, you love things that guys would do for you or, you know, right. in, in the locker room is, it's like you said, the stories and the, and the brotherhood and, you know, the camaraderie when things get tough, you know, going to a teammate and, um, you know, it just, you're right. You're right. It's uh, and you'll hear that from, I think most people, I, I don't think most players miss the game. They, they do miss that brotherhood because you're not with those guys anymore. Right. And you're not, right. you're not, you're not you're not mucking it up and having fun, you know. And it's it's uh it's it's quite. But I'm hoping that one day we get this ninety reunion together because it'd be so nice to see you know Brian Bliss and guys that I haven't seen in a long time. Yeah, uh, some man, guys yeah. like Tab I stay with, you know, I'm in communication with John Harks. I stay I stay with communication <laughs> with John Doyle. I spoke to recently. Peter Vermees and I speak quite a bit. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's that's the stuff you miss, and I. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Ver- yeah. Vermees should have been a Marine, for God's sakes, the way he is. He's unbelievable. Um, yeah. But, but it, you know, you, you're doing, like uh, like Dave said, you're doing color commentary for DC United now. Yep. Do do the the boys know who you are when they go in the locker room? I mean, they should. Oh, yeah. You know what's really interesting is, uh, is Wayne Rooney and I, like, I would go to training and just Wayne would talk to me. We're both golfers and like we were talking about golf quite a bit. And, yeah. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, Ben Teke came out to training the first time, you know, he walked past me and he shook my hand or he did, walked up to me and shook my hand. I said, I'm Bruce Murray. He says, I know who you are. Wayne told me you played at Millwall. Fantastic. And I said, yeah. And so that all became, you know, and they know who I am. So um, that's great. That's great. It's great. I, I have a good relationship with all the players, Steve Birnbaum. Is a good friend, um, but yeah, it's 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 fantastic, and you know we we worked hard last year, and, and it quite didn't didn't quite come together. But we have we have a new coach and and the Red Bull coach from last year, Troy Troy Lassane, and and uh, we've got some new players, and uh, we got we got real hope. Well, Bruce, uh, this is great. I, Dave reached out to you, so I'm so happy Dave did because when he called me and said he got you for an interview, I just said the dude's a legend uh, <laughs> at college. Herman Trophy, and you went over the balls it took to go over to Millwall, and yeah. the shit you the shit you probably took over there is just yep. unimaginable. I don't think people realize how difficult it is to step into that situation where you're taking somebody's job, and then uh, yep. and and then to yep. play in I- Ireland for three weeks, where they're like, "All right, kick anything that moves. If it doesn't move, kick it t- <laughs> kick it till it does move." 
That's what they first, say. So, first, you got the accent, you got the name, and yeah, you got spot on there. <laughs> well, you know, I, I spent last summer in Edinburgh, and uh, I couldn't quite get that Scottish accent, probably like your parents have, but I just... Oh, uh, my, I, I my dad, get... you can't understand a word he says, you know, and I've, I've known my dad for 57 years. <laughs> well, I, I've told this story before on air, but, uh, you know, I did some work for ESPN, and I was there with uh, Stevie Nickel and, and Craig Burley, Yeah, and we're yeah. having a couple... We're having a couple of beers and our wives are there and everybody's talking and I'm in between these two Scotsmen, right? And they're talking and I get it. And then all of a sudden after a couple of beers, Stevie Nichols is like, and I turn to Burley. I go, what did he, what did he say? He goes, I had no fucking idea. But he fucking said, that again. funny. Stevie's a friend. I know him through John Kerr. And, All right, uh, we've, had, we've had many beers together, and uh, I, I, I've been in that conversation with Stevie. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Bruce, man, it's been absolutely a delight yeah. uh, talking to you. Uh, really yeah. enjoyed, enjoyed watching you play, and uh, yeah. and uh, you know, you're coaching, doing color commentary, and good luck with the CTE thing. I think the the more we learn, uh, the better our futures will be for yeah. um, for all of us. You know, great. Thank um, you so much, guys. I really appreciate it. Bruce, Have a nice day. Great Happy New Year, everybody. Ah, well, that was great. Talking to Bruce, what a good dude, man. Uh, what a player he was. So uh, it's great to see him still in the game, still giving back to the game that he loves and and now with his kids and then as a color commentator for DC United. You know, what was frustrating, David, was that the uh, you and Bruce are both in the middle of like these rain snowstorms and the um, the connection wasn't so great. So I hope it comes across for you listeners out there. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, just such an interesting guy, such such a great history, and and so many wonderful stories. So, fingers crossed that we uh, we could use some of this material. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, talking to a guy like that, Bruce, um, I, I you know I had never met him in person, but is this is my like my old soccer buddies? I swear, it, it's like almost like with my comedy buddies now. If someone's been in comedy for a long time. You just have this immediate language that you, the two of you can talk about certain players and people and memories. And uh, boy, he has a ton of them. What a great ride he's had. So uh, thanks for coming on the show today, Bruce Murray. And Dave, thanks for setting that up. Good stuff. Um, next week, we're going to have uh, Tommy Mulroy. He's just written a book. I played with Tommy in the indoor league, and uh, he's a bit of a legend on and off the field. So uh, it'll be fun to catch up with Tommy. So um, I want to announce the winner of last week's competition. Uh, it's Rich. Hiltz of Westport, Connecticut. You've won yourself a T-shirt. Um, so this week, let's see, giving away a hat uh, uh, of your choice, U.S. Men's National Team hat. The question is, World Cup winners, Franz Beckenbauer, Pele, Carlos Alberto, won the 1977 NASL title with the New York Cosmos. Can you name the three Brazilians and two German World Cup winners who played in MLS? So uh, shoot us uh, an email, a uh, text. Uh, with the answers to that, who are those players? Who are those players that did that? And you will win yourself a nice U.S. Men's National Team hat. All right, Dave, is that all you got? What do you got? Anything you want to say before we roll it up? Uh, no, I think that pretty much covers it. Um, did you see really quickly? Did you see Liverpool moving on to the fourth round of the FA Cup? I did watch that. I did watch that. And they beat uh, Arsenal again. That's got to hurt. Arsenal didn't look like Arsenal. And I tell you. Um, I'm a little nervous for Liverpool. They're mo- they're losing Mo Salah. You know he's going to the to the Africans Cup. So it's uh, it should be an interesting ride. Some of these young players Klopp put in late in the game. Uh, 
you know, that this is their chance. This is their chance to shine. And that's all you ask for as a player. And as far as Arsenal is concerned, they've, they're not playing with confidence right now. I'm not sure what the deal is because they certainly have the game. Um, came out so well, strong out of the gate, but they're, uh, they, you could tell. Even uh, Gabriel Jesus, he just was in his head a little bit. You know, wasn't taking players on. Martinelli, same thing. So we'll see what happens for the rest of the season. It should be fun to see who takes the Premier League this year. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's see. Aston Villa. Let's go, boys. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. And Liverpool plays again tomorrow. I think they've got uh, the Carabao Cup. I mean, there's so many cups, and these players have to play in so many games. It's unbelievable. So, all right, everyone. That's all the time we have today on Over the Ball. Uh, For Dave Gallego, I'm Kevin Flynn, and we'll talk to you next time on OTB. Call or text us at 424-229-2247. That's 424-229-2247.